This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Clock Dodgers? Listen, right now it is the holiday season. You're going to have to buy gifts for your family and friends, but you're not going to get any extra money from your job or from whatever you're doing just because you need to spend extra money. But I got an idea for you. Go to nohalftime.com, go to your app store, download the daily fantasy sports app called No Halftime. When you register, use the promo code CLOCK100, and they'll match up to $100 of your first deposit. It's a daily fantasy sports app where literally you play player versus player instead of team versus team, and you can play against anybody you want. There's challenges is just open waiting for people to pick them up or you can specifically choose people like your friends and family to challenge you could do it for free but i'm talking about winning money because right now like i said it's the holiday season you need some extra cash flow why not go on there have fun make it be involved in sports and fantasy football you can actually do it with basketball because the basketball season is going right now so you can get involved in that and when the playoffs is here in the nfl it doesn't stop you can still do the challenges then too so this is a great app great people they've been sponsoring the podcast since day one please guys go on there and support them leave them reviews on the app store your iphone store your android store go on there download the app now Let's get to the episode. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot cope with it. Can't do it. You play with the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. All right, the Clock Dodgers podcast is back full in effect. We actually have Adam back in the building from his little two-week hiatus. I, of course, am Neil, but I'm happy to have Adam back. You know, it's been a little while. We've had some, you know, we've had some fun episodes. We had Fantasy Matrix on. We had Josh on. And so, you know... Adam, what what's been going on, man? What you, what you been up to? You know these two weeks that you've been you know leaving us stranded here. Yeah, what's going on, Neil? Clock Dodgers community. Oh man, it is. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back. I know uh, I was sick. Then we had Thanksgiving. It feels like I've never podcasted before. So yeah, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it it's been a little bit, man. I'm I'm excited to be back though. It uh, it's been fun listening to you have uh, Fantasy Matrix on here, and then. Uh, and then have Josh on here last week like that. That was that was some good stuff. And uh, I uh, I've really enjoyed listening to some other perspectives. But oh, I'm good. I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> and, you know, while you were gone, I had some luck in the no halftime challenge against you. Um, you know, if you listen to the last episode, Josh was like really hev- heavily favoring my players. And I'm like, you know, I might need Josh to come back on just to say yes, 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 yes to my guys. Because that may have been the game changer. Because last week was my first week ever that I actually beat you, like, majority, right? Yeah, it was. It was. It finally happened, man. Week 12. You did it. 
Uh, yeah, you went three and two last week, so you you got the majority. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't I don't have it in front of me where we're at on the season, but uh, but you want you want a week, man. Be proud. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud of that, man. I'm proud of that one you week. Be. You know, so I didn't go winless. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll see later. You know how how we how we match up with that. Um, let's just jump into some quick, uh, you know, some quick hits really quick on some of the things that are going on in the NFL. Some of the you know bigger issues. Obviously, the biggest issue, well, at least in my mind, maybe it's not big to some people, but it's Gronkowski back surgery. I mean, I don't know if you want to say out for the season at this point. It sounds like, you know, for the fantasy season, he's out. It sounds like the Patriots are just hoping that he comes back for like the Super Bowl or something um, in their world. Uh, Gronk owners, man, got to be disappointed, got to be upset. It's been kind of a, a rough year for Gronk owners. How do you, you know, man, just what, what what are your feelings just towards this whole situation? I, I don't I don't know. Do you own Gronk in any leagues? I don't. I always I shouldn't say always. I owned Gronk in a league last year, but I typically fade Gronk just because he uh he seems to normally go with like the one two turn in drafts when we actually roll around to draft time at the latest. And I just I don't know. I can never invest that sort of equity in him. Um. So yeah, I'm not a Gronk owner anywhere this year. Um. You know, his injury risk is is one of the reasons I fade him. And I, I think that's one of the bigger things I'm going to really have to look at uh, going into next year. I think that, uh, I, I don't know about yourself, but going through each fantasy season, there are these things that just really, really stand out to me as like the lessons learned for future seasons. And for me this year, it's really been to pay more attention to these guys who uh, struggle with injuries and and who especially guys who you already know to be injured coming into the season they're just not worth the risk a lot of the times and Gronk has kind of proved to be that over the course of the year but uh you know I think that it's going to be interesting to see who this really benefits in the Patriots offense uh, I own a lot of shares of Julian Edelman and uh, I'm pretty excited to see what uh what he's able to do in this this offense with uh with the extra targets that he's going to get with Gronk on. I know he's been struggling a bit with injury throughout the entire season, but I think that if anyone benefits from this, it's, it's going to be Edelman. Yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> like you said, I, I don't have a ton of shares in Gronk either. It's typically just because of where he's drafted at, but I guess, like you said, the big topic right now is who benefits the most. And I've seen guys say Edelman. I've seen people, you know, really raving about the rookie Malcolm Mitchell. You got, Deion Lewis, who's back from injury, and you know, you wonder if he's going to get more, you know, more burn because of this. A lot of people even think about Bennett, but I'm off the whole Bennett thing. I've ha- I've had him in some leagues. It, for me, it just seems like every time I play him, he just doesn't do anything when when Gronk is out. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm going too hard on him, but I just feel like every time Gronk is out, Bennett really doesn't add up to much for me. So um, I don't think Bennett's going to be the guy. I, Mitchell, I feel like. You know, maybe the Patriots are a little too inconsistent with wide receivers to, you know, to go crazy about him. And I think Edelman, you know, it's probably the safe bet. Lewis, probably a little more, you know, action because of it. Um, but I'm with you, man. It's a he's a risky guy to draft um, going forward. Even I feel like in future years, you you almost wonder. I had a conversation with someone online. You're like, you know, if I'm Gronk, I just retire. Um, I don't know how crazy that sounds to everybody, but you know, back injuries are, are no joke. Like I don't care how, how much of a super athlete you are. So you kind of wonder when a guy has, you know, he's won championships, check money, check ego. You know, you, you've been great. You've, you know, done all these things, check, you know, what do you still play for? I mean, obviously you love the game and you have the passion, but is it worth, you know, risking your life for it after this, you know, your, your, your quality of life, I guess I should say. 
Yeah, I mean, it's something to think about. I uh, I know that with Gronk especially, like I talked about a little bit how I, I don't really own any shares of him, but particularly in Dynasty, I've really just been looking to fade him entirely, and uh, he's just a guy who doesn't project to me as having a long career. That being said, I mean, he's been so prolific in his short career that it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I don't expect him to hang it up you know, this next offseason, but it'll be interesting to see how, how long he does play. And furthermore, with how long he does play, where he ranks all time at the tight end position, because I think it'd be hard for him not to be like right up there with with Tony Gonzalez at this point. And, and it'll be interesting to see where he kind of, you know, cements himself at the end of his career. Yeah, that'll be some fun talk to have, you know, maybe in the offseason, later in the season to try to get into and see like, you know, is he a Hall of Famer if he retires soon and all that kind of stuff. But um, it'll be interesting to think about. Uh, another guy who hits a little closer home to you, he's gone on the IR, Jay Cutler. He's done. You know, for fantasy purposes, it probably doesn't affect a lot of people's seasons because not a lot of people had him in the first place. But if you were in two QB leagues or, I guess, crazy desperate or streaming tight ends like crazy, you know, maybe you pulled uh, Cutler out of the hat a couple of times. He is gone, right, for the IR. So it looks like Barkley for the rest of the season. As a Bears fan, you know, it's, it's kind of less about Cutler really quick. Just as a Bears fan in general, what, and I know you've had a rough season as a Bears fan and, and things haven't been exactly great, you know, due to injuries and whatnot. What what are some, like, even if you only can think of one or two, what, what are some positives as a fan do you take away from the Bears this season, like going into next season? Like, what is something that you pull from this? Because a lot of times teams have bad seasons. Everyone's like, just kind of gives up. But there's still always got to be something, right? I mean, that you carry over to next year. Uh, I'm super excited for a potential top three draft pick and the uh, moving on of the Jay Cutler uh, experience, if you will. I, uh, I I really think that the Bears have to take this opportunity to move on from Cutler and and so so addition by subtraction. Position. Yeah, addition by subtraction, but also getting young at the quarterback position and and really just getting young everywhere. I think at this point you're going to let Alshon Jeffrey go as well. I think it's a total rebuild for the Bears from the ground up. Um, I'll be interested to see from a coaching perspective what kind of changes they make because I don't think they're going to make the change at the head coaching position. Uh, and I think that it will be interesting to see what sort of, I don't know, time frame they give the current you know coaching staff there. Um, but ultimately, I think that, that the Bears' future is, is going to be you know, resting on whoever they decide to draft a quarterback. And, and I hope that's the route they go. I hope that they move on from Cutler because it, it's been a long time coming. And, and I feel like at this point, it, it just has to be. He can never play a full season. And even when he does, he's a bottom five, bottom 10 NFL quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess, like you said, that's that's kind of the big thing for Bears fans to look forward to is Cutler going. It's crazy to say, but like I said, addition by subtraction. Um, you know, the other big headline right now is Thursday Night Football. You know, will it stay? Will it go? Does the NFL want to keep doing it? Um, me and you kind of discussed before we went on the uh, the air here recording, you know, the, it's been a kind of a crappy product. A lot of people fantasy-wise, NFL fans, no one's really entirely uh, happy about it or crazy about it. Obviously, we like, the, you know, the extra day of football, but it just seems like the games kind of typically tend to disappoint. A lot of guys get injured. It just doesn't seem to 
you know, favor anybody, whether it's the fan, whether it's the players, the teams. It doesn't just, you know, seem to do much for anybody. We, we have a game right now that's playing while we're recording, as always, and it's the uh, the Cowboys and the Vikings. Cowboys leading 17-9 right now uh, with, like, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Vikings are driving a little bit. So it's not, again, not a, not a crazy game, nothing, like, you know, to jump out of your chair for. But, again, it's football. It's Thursday. You know, some guys did some things. Uh, how, how do you feel? Any any takeaways from this game? You know, for for you know, rest of the season, or just ha- you know, the game that you're watching in front of you. Any, any any takeaways, or or even takeaways for the idea of losing Thursday night football together? Are you a fan of that? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, takeaways for Thursday night. I, I think that we've kind of talked about it all season, but it, I mean, I really want to hammer it home in the playoffs. Unless you're talking about some elite level players. You really should be looking for options that are not playing on Thursday night. I mean, so far in this game tonight, if you have Zeke, you're probably okay, but not ecstatic with what he's done. If you have Dez, you're probably happy, but not ecstatic, like I said, with Zeke. And basically anyone else, you're going to be disappointed. And I feel like that's probably going to be the trend going through the Thursday night games. Um, I would just look for better options and really try and you know, pay attention to those individual matchups as much as possible in the playoffs. I think that's one thing that, you know, we kind of hype on during the regular season, but it becomes increasingly more important when it's really all coming down to what you can do on one given week. And if there's a coin flip situation for you and deciding players and one's playing on Thursday night, I would really always try and go to the other option. I, I definitely agree with you that. I mean, you know, again, it's always guys seem to just like disappoint you. They don't live up to it, like you said. Unless you know, if you obviously if you're an Ezekiel Elliott fan or you know owner today, uh, Des Bryant, those seem to be the two big guys. Um, Dak Prescott hasn't done a lot, but he might be leading his team to a victory. So I guess that's really all that matters to the Cowboys. But um, for the Vikings, not much production. I mean, running backs haven't done nothing. Quarterback hasn't done nothing. Um, your best wide receiver, I think, is Thaling. Um, Today, I think that's the best. I don't even think. I think he's outplayed Diggs again, crazy as it sounds. But um, yeah, yeah. So that's really. I mean, there's not much going today. Again, as usual, fantasy wise. Um, and if you're an NFL fan, uh, it looks like the Cowboys might win another game, man. The hottest team of football at the moment, you know. Yeah, I mean, it it is. It's really interesting. I mean, even in their bad games, they they end up looking good. Um, just just looking forward a little bit because uh, I wanted to go ahead and and pull it up so we can kind of get an idea moving forward of what Thursday night games might uh, might impact these fantasy playoffs. A big one uh, next Thursday between your Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's going to be a tough one first week of the playoffs for, for people who, you know, own Amari Cooper and, and Michael Crabtree and, and those sort of playmakers to, to really try and rely on them in that first week on a Thursday night. I mean, that's really going to test this idea that, you know, maybe your studs are safe, but, but the rest of the year, you know, players are, are at risk. Um, that, that'll that be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I think one of the things, too, and maybe, I don't know, it could be just me that bothers me, is that when I have guys that go on Thursday, if they don't do well, I, like, have to think about it longer. I have to see it longer. And then when it comes to Sunday and Monday, I don't have those guys to go, you know, like they've already gone. And like, if they didn't do well, I like sit on it and dwell on it. And I'm like, damn, I should have just played someone from Sunday. Like, I can't let it go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind yeah. of one of the things, kind of one of those mind games that it does to you. So maybe, you know, 
I don't know. I always try to figure out a way to think Thursday football isn't as bad as we think it is, but it's hard to defend at this point. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so those those are the three, you know, huge headlines I feel like coming out of this week and, and different, you know, things I wanted to touch on as far as just headlines. Also, uh, some kind of sad news. Uh, I don't know if you remember Joe McKnight, running back, played for the Jets and Chiefs, uh, yeah, USC Trojan. I seen that he got killed today, man. So yeah, I just wanted to, you know, say rest in peace to him and his family. It sucks, man. It sounds like some kind of road rage incident or something. Not a lot of details right now, but every time I see stuff like that, it reminds me of, you know, Will Smith from the Saints, all these things, man. It's just like road rage, man. People dying over, you know, some incident in a car. It just drives me insane. So, you know, I just wanted to mention it and, you know, put those thoughts out in the air for his family and stuff. Definitely. It's sucks very to see that. Man. Yeah. So what I want to do is, uh, what was it? I think it was last week we started this. You you never did this yet. I don't know if you heard it from last week, but me and Josh played a new game, which was Am I Crazy If? Did you get a chance I, to hear that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely heard that. Okay. This will be fun. So I want to do it with you. I want to you know run that with you. I, I try to pick like five of my favorite that I see or that get sent to me or that I think of myself. And so not all of them are fancy football. Like everything we do here, we'd like to, you know, go across all the different bases of life here. But I want to throw five at you that I liked. And uh, see if uh, some people need to be put in padded rooms, man. So let's start that. The first one I have here is a pretty a pretty hot name right now, man. You're, I'm hearing his name everywhere. I love him as a, as a player, but I want to see what your take is on this, Adam. The first am I crazy if I start Tyreek Hill over Hopkins and Allen Robinson this week? Ooh, um, Tyreek Hill over both? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think I'd start Hopkins over Tyreek Hill. Uh, I like Tyreek Hill over Allen Robinson. I mean, Allen Robinson is going up against Denver, and that's that's the toughest matchup for any wide receiver. Uh, I I mean, I'm not really excited about trying to deal with Allen Robinson's ridiculous inconsistencies this year. I mean, he honestly is is one of these guys who I have on a few fantasy teams that's been utterly infuriating and ultimately I feel like in these tough matchups he kind of disappears. So, um I'm I'm really okay with going Hill over Robinson, but for DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he at least has a really solid matchup going against Green Bay. He's a guy who, you know, we talked about a little earlier in the year in regards to the fact that like He's not having his huge games, but he's been really consistent from like a straight football perspective. Hasn't had a touchdown in over six games, so that's I mean that's really really been holding him back from a fantasy perspective. But has five catches in each of his last three games, and has been showing a little bit of consistency. I probably would rely on him over Tyreek Hill this week, but that's I mean even that's close. I I couldn't you know. 100% say that Hopkins is a lock over Hill or anything like that. Yeah. Hey man, I think if 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 you start Rob if you start Hopkins or Robinson over Hill, I think you're crazy. That that's where I'm going cuz I'm looking at it this way, man. It's not just I mean, first of all, you just mentioned Denver is is one team you don't want your wide receiver going up against. He had 32 points in certain formats. Um obviously one of them was a punt return, I believe it was, or a kick return. You can't really count that obviously because that's not going to happen again one was a russian touchdown which as crazy as it sounds i mean yeah you can't expect that but it's but it's just showing his versatility um and i think he also caught a touchdown so the fact that he did that against denver to me is impressive and it's not the first time that he's had one of these big weeks he's had you know um i want to say at least probably 
three or four other double-digit weeks this season, and obviously this guy's a rookie, so it's not like he's been a major part of the game plan every week or whatever, but he's playing Atlanta this week. I feel like, you know, how tough can it be? I mean, if you think, if you look at his schedule, besides week 16, I mean, he plays Atlanta, Oakland, and Tennessee the next three weeks, which isn't bad. Uh, Denver, obviously, again, it's kind of rough because you don't expect him, obviously, to go off like he did again, but I'm a huge fan of Hill, man, going forward and, and next season and everything. I'm, I'm a huge fan, so I think... If you start one of those other two guys over him at this point, I think you are crazy, man. Ooh, all right. Maybe we'll have to add an extra no halftime matchup where I throw Hopkins against Hill. Hey, I'm down. Six matchup this week. That that'd be fun, right? I'm down. Two flexes, maybe. Let's do that. All right, let's do it. Why uh, not? I mean, that thing is already kind of a kind of a mess from a <laughs> from a win loss perspective. But hey, yeah, this is this is this is how I bounce back, man. When you give me exactly. you know when you give me matchups like that, it's how I bounce back. Exactly. And and really, this is what's great about no halftime. I mean, having them as a sponsor is really awesome because you do you have these situations come up when, when we talk about players and when we kind of debate what we would do in different situations. And, and this is why no halftime is awesome, because, you know, you and I don't play in any leagues directly together and having that ability to go, well, this is a guy who I think is going to outperform another guy. Being able to go ahead and actually put that on the line each week is why no halftime is really awesome. So, yeah, dude, let's totally add that one. All right. Sounds good, man. Uh, man, I think you're crazy, bro. This is why I say I'm crazy if you are crazy for challenging me in there. But that's all right. I should <laughs> I, I should put that in here, too. Am I crazy if I challenge Neil at no halftime and I take Hopkins against Hill? Um, <laughs> the next one I have here is, um, am I crazy if I will never draft Gronk or Reed again? in future drafts i don't care where obviously the adp is stupid ridiculous but you know if i'm drafting oh i'm in the 12th round you wouldn't take him there like don't be stupid just regular where he goes in all the drafts that you just you know adp whatever i'm never drafting them again am i crazy no not at all i uh, i kind of am in the same boat uh especially in leagues that you know don't play the waiver wire super heavily you can stream tight end i mean especially in this year this is kind of a great example outside of like Jimmy Graham and Greg Olson and maybe like Tyler Eifert since he's been back, there really haven't been any tight ends that you can really count on on a week-to-week basis. And for that reason, I mean, streaming comes out as the best option. And ultimately, towards the end of this year, I think that's one thing that I'm doing really heavily in my leagues is really looking at who I can stream at tight end and, and especially a kicker and defense in those leagues as well that, that have those positions. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I think that the tight end position is is just one where, you know, everybody wants to have that guy who stands head and shoulders every, over everybody else. And that's why people were picking Gronk and, and Reed as well, to some degree. But their inconsistencies around injuries are just too much to overcome. And, and I think that that's really a big narrative that I'm taking away from this year is trying to avoid these guys that I have injury concerns around and trying to embrace the guys who um, may have more value, but still an injury concern. So, like, take the tight end position coming into this year. You know, Jimmy Graham was a guy who a lot of people were fading because of injury risk, but he was available in, like, the 14th round of drafts. Meanwhile, guys who also were big injury risks were going as the number one and two tight ends off the board. Exactly. They all had injury risk, but we somehow thought that Gronk and Reed had this huge upside when in reality they did, but Graham possessed a very similar upside. And 
it's interesting how we kind of create these narratives before the year that say that just because the guy didn't do it last year, that he's not going to this year, even when the risk is very much the same. So those are things I'm really going to be looking forward to uh, really taking a deeper look at next year. Absolutely. And don't get it twisted. Nobody is saying that these guys aren't super talented and deserve talent-wise to be drafted where they've been getting drafted. It's just it's not worth the risk to guys like me and you, man. We just don't see it. So um, I agree with you on that one, man. The next one is from um, at Jedi or Jetty, however you want to pronounce his damn name. And he says, am I crazy if I throw my board game pieces all over the floor when I get mad? Dude, really? Yeah, you're crazy. This is adorable. (laughs) Oh, my God. First of all, it's a board game. Second of all, you're my favorite type of person to play with. Like, this is actually true. I I mean, I I actually I kind of love playing board and card games like obscure ones and. Um, I'm a bit nerdy when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, it's actually one of like my favorite things to ask for for Christmas. Listen, you listen, get, before, like, you, before you go any further, for yes. Thanksgiving, my mom brought Jenga over to the house, man. And I was <laughs> like, I haven't played Jenga in so long. But man, the competition got so real in the house. I was oh, like, so I could not lose to people, man. I was like, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to lose. And then even, <laughs> even especially when you play the people that you know are going to talk so much shit after the fact. Like, you you know, you're going to be at some house, like, three months later, and I'm like, hey, remember that time I beat you in Jenga? So it's like, I got to beat him. I can't, I can't have this. And I, I hadn't played it in years, and I didn't realize how, like, stressful that game can get, how long it can go if, like, you just continually, you know, I, I don't know if you got to set up special rules or what, man, because this game went forever, and um, it was stressful, man, but I, but I love playing those kind of games, too. So I don't know That's why awesome. this guy wants to throw his pieces everywhere, I but... Know. I, I, you know, I actually, I used to play like a ton of Risk when I was in college and that was one of my favorite things because Risk is one of those games that like, you know, I feel, I feel like the longer you put into playing a game, the more people get invested and and with that Risk is one of those games that just tortures some people when they play for hours and then lose. I, uh, I've seen some great little temper tantrums from fully grown adults. (laughs) It's, uh, it's been, it's been really fun, but, uh. But yeah, luckily, uh, my, my years around board game and card game playing have gotten a lot better in the sense that, uh, that I feel like as I've gotten older, anytime we're playing games, most, most people can keep a level head. But yeah, yeah man, if, if you're flipping the board over, you, you, can, you can GTFO. Yeah, yeah, Jetty, you're crazy, bro. And <laughs> thank you for the question because, hey, man, if there's any board game junkies out there or anything and you got some suggestions, send them our way, man, because I want to hear about some of these games. So like you said, there's some obscure ones. There's some fun ones that I haven't even heard of or haven't played in a long time. And like I just need people to refresh my memory, man. And Ooh, man, I can give you some good suggestions. I'm actually sitting next to a stack of board games right now as I say this. Get, so, get, yeah, give me like okay fun. you said you're sitting next to a stack of them right now give me like three that people should try right that, that you feel like you know for the holidays where they should buy them for people or you know you're around your family and friends pull one out like give give like three suggestions for board games okay so three board games i have sitting right next to me right now uh one is a game called blockus it is a uh, puzzle sort of game that is similar in a lot of ways to tetris uh, I don't want to go into deep descriptions, but these are just kind of general things. Right. Uh, another game is called Small World. Uh, that that game is uh, it's a board game that allows you to kind of uh, take on different character roles throughout the game, and and different character roles give you sort of different powers and abilities. And then uh, the last one is a game called Carcassonne. It's a German game, and actually in Germany, 
Uh, they hold big Carcassonne tournaments. It's actually really popular in Germany. Uh, but what it is is it's a board building game. It's a very unique style of game that I've really come to enjoy where you literally set down piece by piece to build a board. And as you're doing so, you score points based on how the the board is erected. Um, so yeah, those are three awesome uh, board games that, that people should check out. And, and like I said, I mean, I'm a huge fan. So if anybody has any suggestions of, of different games, please shoot them my way on Twitter. Uh, that's one of the, my favorite things to get suggestions for. And uh, it helps me narrow down gifts for, uh, for people to get me for Christmas, too. Because when I just write neat board games, people don't always know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those, those three I never heard of. So I definitely got to check them out because they sound fun. But um, yeah, man, I can get addicted to that kind of stuff. I can get addicted to freaking games on apps, even like on my phone and stuff. So, man, hopefully I don't get no suggestion i'm gonna get stuck on man i might oh yeah lose that, uh, a lot of my the, life to it the game carcassonne that i mentioned uh the way i found out that they play it competitively in germany is because i actually during college would play it online and there were a lot of international players that would play it and i was like ranked on a website like i got really into this really obscure <laughs> board game that really no one here in the united states really knew except for you know a few of my immediate friends who, who we played it but outside of that, like, I didn't know anybody. I've never met anybody who ever heard of it. But apparently, I mean, it's huge in Germany. And uh, it, it is. It's a really interesting and uh, thought-provoking game. So, yeah, if, uh, if you want to go down the rabbit hole of board games, I, I definitely have some suggestions. Man, that's awesome. Well, that is our board game tangent for the day. I bet you guys <laughs> didn't see that coming. Unpredictable I- here at the Clock Dodgers podcast. <laughs> the, um, the next Am I Crazy If was sent from Geo, at Geo on the uh, Fantasy Life app. Jedi was on, on the Fantasy Life app as well. Um, and his, his one is an interesting one. I, I've heard it in other places as well, but we never discussed it here on the show, so I want to see what you think. Am I crazy if I think defenses, DSTs that you're starting in fantasy football, um, shouldn't lose points when their offense, their offense, so if you have the Vikings defense and the Vikings offense throws a pick six or a fumble for a touchdown, I shouldn't lose points for my defense because of that. Am I crazy if I think that way? Oh, not crazy at all. Um, but I don't really know if it's an issue with sites not being able to program it properly or what. But I don't see it in like any of my leagues. So, I mean, I, I, I'd like to see it too. But I, I'm not one of those people who are going to get that upset over it. You might not be crazy, man, but you're, you're ahead of the game. you got to figure out a way for us to make this happen because, like you said, I don't know any leagues, I guess, unless you're self-scoring it somehow, you know, manually or whatever to, to make that happen. But you're not crazy, man. A lot of people have that issue. The last one that I want to throw at you is from me, myself, and it's am I crazy if I think I have a real shot at winning the Scott Fishbowl? Never crazy, boy. you got to believe. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, the odds are stacked against me, but I'm there. I'm in the playoffs. I made the big dance, and I'm happy about that, man. Scott has made this awesome league. Adam, where are you at, Adam? Oh, oh hmm. yeah, no. You missed the playoff. But you started yeah, off so hot, though. You started off hot. I, I remember the tweets. Top 10 in uh, the Scott Fishbowl in the first two weeks. Those were fun, man. Everybody was super excited. People were looking at the standings. Uh I got some shout-outs from Roto Underworld and from uh, Roto, Roto Viz as well. It was, it was actually it was really cool. It was a really uh, exciting, kind of humbling moment for me to get recognized. And I kind of knew that it was like a house of cards. Like It was all <laughs> built to fall. 
because uh, right as I was getting all this notoriety, it was week two, and that's when uh, injury Armageddon hit, and I just I lost everything. <laughs> like my entire team fell apart in one week, and on top of that, like it it was just built around you know the the scoring format being skewed so heavily uh, to to carries kind of gave me this impression that. Uh, running backs and running quarterbacks were kind of the way to go, and uh, I really I invested heavily on running backs, but not the right ones at all. I uh, I, I do think that that may have been the right approach still, but uh, but Adrian Peterson and Jamar Mall Charles were uh, were rough number yeah. one and two picks. Yeah, man, it happens. You can't predict these things when you when you look through. You know, obviously, there's a lot of you know analysts and experts and then obviously fans and all, all kinds of people involved and you, you know you look through a list of names some of the names are like you know surprising that they're not in it some are surprised that they're they are in it so does, there's no way to really tell these things i mean everyone just goes in with their best you know their best plan and, and you know however things shake out they shake out i don't know how much how my odds are looking this week man i got you know i yeah i told you i went heavy on the two quarterbacks i took cam newton and russell wilson pretty early and they play each other this week so i'm like damn i think that's probably a bad thing but I don't know. Maybe they'll get into some war out there on the field and start, you know, slinging the rock left and right and running touchdowns in. And maybe I have a chance there. But, um, you know, running back, I have a Jaya against Baltimore. Like, could it, could it be any worse of a matchup for me? Um, Theo Riddick, Tevin Coleman back. My wide receivers, I got Amari Cooper, Landry. I got some guys in there, man. I don't know. I'm going to start Tyree Kill. I talked him up like that. I, I added him in the Scott Fishbowl, man. I got him. So I'm going to play some guys, man. Hopefully I do good. Let me ask you this, though. I have to start a tight end. Delaney Walker, of course, is on a friggin' buy. So I have two guys. I have Clive Walford at Buffalo, and I have Jermaine Gresham, who I just picked up against Washington. You think I should just go with Jermaine Gresham because he's been decently hot recently, or should I you know, go with Clive or what? Wow, those are rough options, my man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, well, I had Walker all year, so I was good. But then I forgot, you know, week 13, he's on buy. Yeah, I mean, I... I hate to uh, to kind of spoil a little bit of Gresham talk that we're gonna have earlier because because uh, he's included in the no halftime segment, but I think that's the direction you gotta go. I mean, he's caught two touchdowns in the last two games. He's playing against a bottom five defense against tight ends, and I think that's just way better than Clyde Walford for you. All right, man. Well, I'll plug him in. We'll see how we how how I do, man. And it's been fun regardless, even if it ends all here, man. You know, big shout out to Scott Fish. You know, me and you both, you know, big Huge fans of every, yeah, yeah, everything he's done. And, um, you know, big, big fan of him, big fan of everything he's done. So he was Have like you said. heard his crazy talk about expanding it for next year? I haven't heard it yet. I have not heard yeah. it yet. I, I heard him on one podcast. I think he was talking about going up to 720. What? And, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of expanding it because, you know, I, I don't want to not get to be in it. But <laughs> I understand that, you know, it's it's something that there's there's a lot of people who want to participate each year. And in that way, it's really fun. But I, I think that ultimately there's got to be a threshold that they reach where it's like, OK, at some point it's just becoming too much of a of a crapshoot of sorts. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see where he finally caps it at. But uh but yeah, huge shout out to Scott Fisk, creating one of the best leagues that are out there and just one of the most exciting and fun things to be a part of on Fantasy Twitter. It's uh, It was been a lot of fun. I hope that I get to participate again next year. That'd be awesome if uh, if it could be able to happen. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. It, it's one of those leagues that I probably think about more than any other. Just uh, And 
and just to <laughs> to have such a good start and then have it go so poorly, I, I really want another shot at it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> if he opens it up that wide, you know, I'm sure you got you got a good shot at being <laughs> yeah. it again. Um, you know, but yeah, he said he had like thousands of people uh, enter this year to to try and you know get chosen to be a part. So, sheesh crazy how popular it is yeah i mean and and, and you know a, a lot of work he puts in too man so that's, oh, yeah. I, I imagine it's very uh time consuming and you know not easy to take care of all that and of course he does the thing for you know for the charity too for the uh toys for tots so um that's huge as well i know he gets a you know ton of donations for that and that's what this is really all about so you know shout out to him for that as well um all right well we got some other things i want to get to here um man that game is so much fun Guys, if you have, you know, topics, if you have, like, questions for that, I am crazy if, if you have any any good ones, they don't got to be fancy related, they can be anything, send those in to us um, through Twitter, <clears throat> email, through the website, whatever you want to do, just just get those in to me, because those are, those are fun to do. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about with you really quick, we I did talk about it a little bit with Josh last week, because, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, you get a lot of people saying, you know, who should I stash, who should I... You know, this is this is going to be kind of the lineup I go in with. Who who should I pick up on the waiver wire? Um, you know, to, to to really give it my all here on this last push, whether it's a playoff push you're trying to make it in, or you're already in and you're just trying to, you know, get everything right. So it's like, you know, uh, some people stream still, obviously, in in, in the playoffs because that's what they've done all year and that's the way they set up their lineup. So waiver wire is going to be constantly important, even in the playoffs. Some people tend to fall off once they're not in the playoffs. They don't really make moves and stuff, so it's maybe a little easier for you. But it's still super important. And so I want to just kind of talk about you really, you know, talk with you really quick about waiver wire and streaming, um, and more more so in regards to the playoffs. Um, so so kind of the first thing I wanted to ask you because a lot of people have been asking me this as well. Do you keep your handcuffs in the playoffs? Um, you know, really. I think it depends on, on, on the situation. Most of the time I don't. Um, and that's just, I don't know. It's just something I've kind of gravitated to. Uh, I, I, I don't really know how many good backup situations there are in the NFL this year. I mean, maybe if you, you know, if you own Zeke, you, you'd like to have Morris just on the off chance that Zeke goes down because that offensive line is going to produce, and uh, in a similar way, maybe Damian Williams uh, behind the Miami offensive line. That's really, really great as well. Uh, just on the off chance that Jai goes down. But other than those like really big situations where there are these, you know, huge, huge opportunities or situations where um, there's a big opportunity because of matchups in the playoffs, uh, like Cincinnati, for instance, has just insanely easy matchups during the fantasy playoffs uh, for running backs and in that way, I could see picking up a guy like Rex Burkhead just to see. Um, but but really, I'm not going to gravitate too much towards handcuffing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big on handcuffing at that point either. I'm like, eh, I mean, if it falls apart for me now, it's, you know, how, how much is this guy going to save me? I guess it's possible, but I just don't think about it too much when it gets to the playoffs. What about when it comes to your waiver pickups or like your streaming options? Um, you know, sometimes people play the playoffs differently. Do do you go for like high boomer bust guys? Are you trying to play it safe? So you know, say a tight end, for instance, are you trying to play it safe and get a guy who's you know typically been modest and, and kind of you know consistent? Or are you like you know I'm going to go for this guy because I think he's either going to go off or just give me like practically nothing? But the, but the the the, the, you know, the idea that it, that he can even go off like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in there. 
For me, it's just really a focus on matchups down the stretch. I really want to exploit matchups because at this point in the season, we have so much information about what defenses do well and what they do poorly that offenses know what to exploit. So I'm going to be looking at the waiver wire, especially at like the tight end position uh, and, and even at like running back and wide receiver to some degree, but really a tight end more than any position to focus on those offense or I'm sorry those defenses that really struggle against the tight end and, and to just to really gravitate towards streaming guys that fit those roles the best and, and for me that's kind of the thing I'm going to be looking for in my streamers is is really just to gravitate to towards those matchups that that are going to work most in their favor okay so so with that being said then I guess it's kind of, I'm trying to think if this could be one question or if it's two, but I, what I'm looking for here is for who, who who are you looking to as far as off the waiver wire, guys that may be available um, for most, for a majority of people. Um, are, are there specific players that you're targeting or, or you know, to, to stash or to start? Are there certain guys that you're looking at? I, I mean, have you already seen the matchups that you're, that you're gunning for? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few out there that I do like. Um, in one league, I, I picked up CJ Fedorowicz a while back. I don't know how many wave wires he's out there on, but he does have two really easy matchups in the fantasy playoffs against tight ends. Um, there's a few other guys that, that really stand out to me as having easy matchups that might be out there in your leagues. Uh, one in particular is Antonio Gates, or on the off chance Antonio Gates goes down Hunter Henry. Uh, those guys both have really easy matchups in the fantasy playoffs against tight ends, playing against Oakland, Tennessee, and Denver, all all bottom. Uh, I'm sorry, Ooh, misspoke there. Uh, they're actually playing against uh, Carolina and Cleveland, my mistake there, um, who are the two absolute worst uh, defenses against tight ends for fantasy. Uh, inside of that, they're also playing Oakland, who you and I have kind of talked about throughout the year as being one of those teams that seems to always give up a touchdown to tight ends. Uh, they, they have a little bit better ranking overall, but, uh, but yeah, I think that those are really good matchups to try and look to exploit. So, so for me, if, uh, if the San Diego tight ends are out there, they're one that I'm looking to, to try and snag. Um, ultimately, I mean, there's not, there's not a ton that just seem gigantic because for me at this point in the year, I don't know about your leagues, but, my waiver wires are really different league to league, and and some are just entirely pick clean. So there's it's not anybody else that I'm seeing uh, that really jump out to me. Yeah, like, for sure. Some 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 of the waiver wires like decimated, and you got like nothing. You're like picking through guys that you're like you have no interest in at all, and then some are like kind of loaded. You know, depending on like I said, like you said, depending on who you're playing with the size of the league, you know, the, the format of the league, it really depends on where you're at. So it's hard to like name guys that specifically people should be targeting. I guess if you have specific questions on uh, guys you should be picking up or guys that are available to you, you can always send them our way. You know what I mean? Send them at Adam um, at the other FF guy or at me at the Cl- at clock Dodgers um, on Twitter, probably the easiest place to do it. And just, you know, if there's certain guys you have in mind, that's, that's where to target them. But it's hard to just give, you know, names out there because we don't have a clue you know, what the person's league is like, what their scoring is like, who's available, that kind of stuff. But it's it's definitely a key. It's definitely important. Um, it's not likely that you're going to win your season unless you play the waiver wire um, extremely well. Um, all season long, of course, you wouldn't be in the playoffs probably if you weren't, but especially in the playoffs. Um, also, another question when it comes to, to waiver wire, 
the last one before we get off this topic, do you pick up players strictly to block your opponents? Um, I will occasionally. It really depends on the situation. Uh, really, the thing that I want to do in my leagues is be playing the wave wire heavily at defense and kicker, and not just for this week, but to pick up for future weeks. A really good option for that right now is is the Cincinnati defense. I pick them up in a few different leagues because next week they play Cleveland, and Cleveland has just given up a ton of fantasy points to opposing defenses this year. It's it's really ridiculous to see what they've what they've given up. So for for looking ahead, if you really just plan one week ahead, it's almost similar to like playing chess. You know, if you think a move ahead in fantasy, it's a thing that people often in my leagues just never do so for me if i can look one week ahead find these good kicker matchups find these good defensive matchups it's going to give me that little extra edge to really put my playoff teams just over the edge right so so you'd rather you know plan your team ahead even rather than try to block other people which you know blocking people some people don't like it i feel like it's a strategy i mean it's, it's something you do you know um you know, to give yourself an advantage of some sort. So whether that's your style or whether you want to do like Adam and, and plan ahead and try to get defenses and kickers and certain positions that you stream ahead of the time, that's another idea to, you know, to use with those empty waiver spots because, I mean, empty roster spots. Because when you get to the playoffs, it's kind of like, you know, you know sort of who you're going to start each week, like you, the guys that you feel confident in and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes your your roster opens up a little bit. You know what I mean? Your bench and stuff. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I think think both are, are viable um i don't know for me it's always been interesting because i don't really know if i've ran into too many options where i could really block an opponent for for who they're gonna pick up yeah i guess I situations mean, like I've, I've done situation. you know before where like quarterbacks like say um if i see like a kaepernick available sometimes i'll pick him up either to start on myself or if i already have a good quarterback say i have um, i'm trying to think of a hot quarterback like I don't know, some good matchup in the playoffs, Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, whatever. Like, I may just pick up a Kaepernick if I already have two quarterbacks just because I'm like, this guy could kill me in the playoffs. Some, somewhere along the line, somebody could pick this guy up and kill me. You know what I mean? So Definitely. I may pick yeah, up a guy like that. that, you know, just some guy that's sitting there, and I'm like, damn, I don't want that guy to get picked up and be playing against me next week or something like that. So um, just things like that. But I'm obviously not, like, strategizing against one person or something. But just, just generally speaking, a player that maybe I won't use for sure, but somebody could use him against me and, and crush me, and it'll just piss me off that I just didn't take him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so basically – the important motto here is play your waiver wire. Don't let up because it's the playoffs. Don't get lazy or, or you know, um, you know, just just know it's still important even at that moment. Um, at this point of the season, it's still important. Um, I want to get into our no halftime challenge, man. I'm anxious. I'm coming off my my only victory of the season, so I'm <laughs> so pardon me for being a little excited here. Uh, I want to get into that with you. The no halftime challenge. Obviously, we've been talking about them already. And we've talked about them every single episode. But if you don't know, No Halftime is a, a, a Clock Dodgers podcast sponsor. Um, pretty much since day one, they are a daily fantasy sports app where you play player versus player challenges rather than drafting whole teams and entering you know contests with millions of people. A lot of people that I talk to that listen to the podcast, Clock Dodgers out there, they love this app. Uh, they win tons of money. Actually, it's funny because most people I speak to tell me they win more money on No Halftime than any other daily fantasy sports app. Um, I don't know if that's because... You know, you don't play like the little quarters and stuff like that. Some people play a lot of quarter games and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that on those other apps, but you know, so the so the so the out you know the output of money is kind of bigger on this one. Or if it's just because it's easier, you know, to play those player versus player challenges rather than 
you know, hoping to win a million dollars or whatever, you know, other options. I mean, there there's people who make money on the other apps because they play like a bunch of 50-50s and stuff like that. But I've never had a lot of luck on the big, big tournaments, which I feel like that's where a lot of people waste all their money at. Um, so these, you know, player versus player challenges is fun. And of course, it always has that aspect like you talked about, that personal um, guy at work is talking shit. Your friend won't get off. Oh, this guy's going to do better than this guy. And it just kind of helps you settle those like personal beefs that you have with people, those little personal challenges. And it helps you just get that off your chest by saying, hey, well, if you really feel that way, you know, play me on no halftime. So it's a fun app to do, um, even to play alongside with your other daily fantasy sports apps. And for me, it's been my uh, most successful one. So we we have challenges here. Me and Adam, we do these weekly. He likes to brag and say that he's been beating me. I don't know if that's really true because who's been tracking this? I don't know. But all I know is last week, for sure, I was better. So I don't know what he's talking about. But let's start with this week. And because I'm such a gracious, humble winner from last week, I'll let you go first with your position. So for quarterback, who are you putting up to the to the contest this week? And we are uh, we're going crazy deep at quarterback yeah. this week. Uh, I uh, I actually am picking someone who I, I think most people would uh, would criticize this as being a terrible pick. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to defend myself pretty well here for saying <laughs> that uh, that I'm going with Blake Bortles. What? Um, I'll, I'll let that sink in and remind everyone that he's playing against Denver as well. So uh, wow. so yeah, Blake Bortles is is not someone who uh, that I'm I'm like looking to play in you know daily fantasy or something like that is a cheap play. Basically, for this situation, uh, one thing that's great about no halftime is it can kind of mimic situations that I feel like you might run into in your fantasy leagues. And and in this particular situation, you actually had picked your quarterback first. Uh, and for me, your matchup, who you're revealing in a second, is the type of player who I think has a little bit more of a boom bust. And I would like to set a high floor rather than look to kind of get another guy who's going to have this you know huge game to try and outscore whoever you put up. So with Bortles, he has thrown for two touchdowns in the last five games, uh, two or more actually touchdowns in the last five games. That consistency of being able to throw passing touchdowns in the multiples each game, I think will continue this week against Denver, even though they have the tough matchup. And for me, that creates a high enough floor to really be advantageous against someone who you're putting up who I don't think has a very high ceiling. So it, it kind of benefits me from a sense of, of creating that high floor that I know you'll have to work towards. And in a way, I like to relate this to where we may be at in this time of season. So week 13 for a lot of people is the last week before the fantasy playoffs. And in a lot of leagues, you can be in situations where maybe you uh, necessarily don't need to win to get in the playoffs, but you can't lose by a certain point total. Um, or, you know, you can't put up just a very small number of points and have someone pass you. Uh, in a total points tiebreaker. There are situations out there like that. I have one in one of my leagues that I'm in where I, I need to be focusing on making sure that I have a really high floor team. And, and in situations like that, if you're streaming and extremely desperate, I could see starting somebody like Blake Bortles because he gives that advantage of having a high floor, hopefully in this sort of matchup. We'll see what happens, but uh, but yeah, who did you throw that made me decide that Blake Bortles was a good idea? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, that's the longest Blake Bortles support I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I don't know how you figured out that much stuff to say positive about the guy, but you did it. 
So if that says anything about you, man, you got the job, whatever job you're looking for, because you just made Blade Bordeaux sound good. But that beside, I also want to just mention that, you know, in these challenges, we purposely pick guys um, that people are asking about a lot or that there's questions about or, you know, are coming off big games or aren't, you know, or kind of um, people are on the on the fence about. We don't want to pick the obvious stuff because, you know, no one needs help with that. No one cares about that. It's obvious. So, you know, we always kind of dig a little deeper at some of these positions or have a little fun and go with guys that are, you know, being talked about or, or hot names or whatever. So I went with a guy. And Matt Barkley, who you just tried to tell me doesn't have a high ceiling, man. We're not hearing you on that. My boy had 26 points last week in one league that I was in. And that was against Tennessee, who's not, you know, not a cakewalk by any means. And this week he gets none other than the San Francisco 49ers, Colin Kaepernick. The guys, you know, he's having a tough time getting a win out there, man. And, you know, every team seems to, you know, do pretty well against them 49ers. So I feel good about Matt Barkley. I don't care who he throws to. I don't really care about anything other than the fact that he's going to get me points. He's going to either play from behind like the Bears typically do or against the 49ers just being some kind of gun show. I, the worst thing that could happen to me is neither one of these teams are scoring, which uh, I don't really see happening. So I feel good about him. You may try to tell me Howard's going to make him have a bad game or something because Howard's going to go off or something. But I'm not hearing it because you just supported Blake Bortle somehow. So I feel good about my Matt Barkley love, man. Man, don't you steal my Howard talk before it even comes up. That's just rude. Uh, yeah, so as as Neil alluded to, getting into the running back position, I uh, I went with Jordan Howard this week. Jordan Howard has the absolute best matchup for fantasy running backs. And honestly, the, the matchup against San Francisco is just one of the most astounding matchups that has ever existed for fantasy running backs. It, uh, it's really a situation that is unprecedented. They are just god-awful against the run. They're beyond what we've seen in years past for being bad against the run. They are just, they're, they're kind of their own thing. Uh, and with that, you know, Jordan Howard's in a position where he's consistently seeing over 15 carries a game. I think this will be a matchup where they really try and feed him. And if they're going to feed Jordan Howard, it's going to help me, both because I'm using Jordan Howard this week, and it'll help me against your choice of Matt Barkley. So who did you decide to put up against Howard? Adam always plays his damn game with me. He always picks my, you know, running back against my quarterback or quarterback against my running back. It's all right, man. You keep playing these games. I'm going with the guy who I have absolute confidence in this week. I've had absolute confidence in him all season long since he proved it early on. And everybody, a lot of people are down on this guy. A lot of people ask me, why do people even like this guy? You know, I don't care what you guys think. I'm telling you Ware is going to have a good week this week for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a Raiders fan, and I still get behind Ware. You know, I'm obviously a Tyreek Hill fan who I do believe is hurting Ware, and that's kind of what's been, you know, taking him down a notch and, and concerning people that are fantasy owners of, of Ware or, you know, guys are trying to figure out what the love affair is with Ware. But I like Ware. The Chiefs need Ware to do well. He has a good matchup. And I know Jordan Howard's been hot, but he can't he can't stand in the way of Ware, man. So it really doesn't matter at this point. Ware, he's gonna he's gonna prove to everybody this week and remind them why we're not missing Jamal Charles. Oh, I said it. I said it. I don't know, man. I you know, the thing that's been holding Ware back this year has just been touchdowns more than anything. He's only scored three touchdowns in the whole year. With no halftime being a standard scoring format, I don't know, man. I think that's a little risky. Uh, 
You know, one thing that I think a lot of people are pointing to is where is end of the season schedule. He uh, he has some really nice matchups, not just this week against Atlanta, but then he goes and plays Oakland next week. And, and throughout the fantasy playoffs, he has easy matchups. But if you go back and look at what Ware has gone up against this year, he's played basically all the worst defenses against the run. And outside of, you know, a big game or two, he, he really hasn't been as impressive as you'd really expect him to be with what he's gone up against. Blasphemy. <laughs> I'm not hearing it. Tell me who your wide receiver is. I'm not hearing this. You you made Bortles sound good and Ware sound bad. I'm not listening to you. Who's your oh, wide man. receiver? I'm like a gypsy or something. <laughs> All right. Uh, so wide receiver this week, I uh, I had to go with my homeboy. Uh, I went with Sammy Watkins. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Back, Here baby. we go. Here we go. I'm back on the podcast, and Sammy Watkins is back in our heart. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Sammy, he, he struggled a little bit uh, in, uh, in practice earlier in the week, but he practiced in full today, which is Thursday. So uh, I'm feeling good about him going forward. Uh, even mean just just last week alone, he only played like 25 snaps, caught three passes for 80 yards in that. If he uh, if he's able to get back on the field for the majority of snaps, I really think that he's going to be somebody that they're really going to look to utilize against Oakland and what should be a tough matchup for them. And uh, yeah, man, like I said, I mean, I uh, I have been holding on to Sammy Watkins in so many leagues, and I got leagues that I need to win to uh to have a shot to get into the playoffs and i'm playing sammy and uh i'm I'm excited to see what he can do if anything if this guy does do good i'll at least say you were there the whole way i will not, i will unbrand, boy i, I will uh, hashtag what unbrand oh man listen <laughs> uh, like i said i'll admit you've been there the whole way patiently waiting but Again, man, you're going to lose this week because my guy to go up against Sammy Watkins is Golden Tate. He's playing New Orleans. I'm playing the matchups here, man. He's playing New Orleans. Stafford is not afraid to get the ball in his hands. I know he's, again, had some touchdown issues this year. And, again, I'm not afraid to face him up against you. I feel good. I'm coming off my winning week. Nothing can stop me. It's, it's, it's you know... We're, I'm getting hot at the right time here, man. Fantasy playoffs, it's just its just all coming together for me. So I feel good about Golden Tate. I feel good about Matthew Stafford getting the ball against New Orleans. I totally expect it to be a shootout. I hope I'm right. If it is, broken foot, Sammy Watkins is, is nothing to fear at this point. So Golden Tate, we're going to the promised land. Who is your tight end that you're going to tell me that's going to beat my guy? All right, a tight end this week. Uh, I went with a guy who I'm really liking as a uh, as a potential streaming option. Again, if you're going really deep, touched on him very briefly earlier, uh, but it's Hunter Henry uh, for San Diego. For somebody who uh, you're looking in, in leagues where you're just kind of, you know, really desperate at tight end, Hunter Henry's out there on almost all waiver wires at this point. He's a guy a lot of people picked up and dropped again. Uh, I mean, there are some situations where he's being held on to in leagues, especially on teams that don't really have much of a shot. But ultimately, if he's out there in your league, he's worth a pickup. He's had a touchdown in each of his last two games. And even though he's not seeing the targets that he used to see, he has great matchups down the stretch. And I think that, uh, that he gives me the potential for a touchdown with also having that, that ultimate, you know, great potential of, having Gates have a game where he struggles or 
misses time and and then Henry becomes a huge huge asset. Yeah, Henry Henry is a good play also in no halftime because of that touchdown threat. I mean, he's kind of sneaky. Um you could put him up against a tight end maybe with a tough matchup or something and and still have a decent shot. He's a sneaky play. So, I had to go sneaky too. I had to go deep too. I'm going with Jermaine Gresham. He's been hot the last few weeks, man. It seems like I don't know what it is, man. All, all these wide receivers in Arizona falling apart, breaking apart, not catching footballs. And somehow Gresham comes out of the fire like a phoenix rising out of the, or like a cardinal rising out of the fire, man. And um, he's, he's been productive. He's got two. He's got a touchdown each week the last two weeks. So like 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 Henry, you know, he's been he's been pretty, uh, pretty well in the end zone. So I feel good about him. I think I'm going to be Hunter Henry, although, again, I'm a fan of Henry this week as well. Um, I'm just feeling good about Gresham. Hopefully nothing happens to him. Hopefully he's healthy, and um, I like my matchup against Washington with him. So Gresham for the win. Good luck with that. <laughs> oh, he, he says it laughing at me. Come on. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> laughing at me as I say my picks. Come on, man. Who you got at Flex? Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the Flex we- we're keeping things real fun this week. Oh yeah, so, this is uh, this is a good one. Yeah, yeah. At Flex this week, we're going with uh, two wide receivers, both from the same team, and uh, both from the quarterback you took. So uh, I'm going with Cameron Meredith. Um, I'm excited to see which of these two wide receivers reign supreme in in the uh, in the Bears uh, wide receiver corp. And uh, I don't know, you know, Marquise Wilson. Uh, I'm just gonna reveal your pick for you. <laughs> It's all good. Uh, I'll give you had, that honor. Had, had, yeah, I know, right? Had, had the big week last week, but I think Cameron Meredith is a more talented player. He's more versatile, and I, I ultimately think they're going to try and work him into the game more. Um, let's hear your speech for, for Wilson, though. Listen, this is not hard to do, man. Okay, so I was actually, I think I might have mentioned this on the, I was just on the Fancy Authority podcast, and I think I talked about this there, but I'm going to say it again because that's how I feel, man. So, you know, Cutler had Jeffrey, Hoyer had Meredith, Barkley has Wilson. They've all had their guy, man. This They obviously had their guy that they target the most, that they like the most, that they feel comfortable with, and, and, and Wilson is Barkley's man. Come on, Hoyer had Meredith already. Get off that, man. Get off of it. It's Wilson. It's Barkley to Wilson. They're playing San Fran, so we both got good odds here, but... I feel good about Wilson over Meredith. I think Wilson is just Barkley's guy. Maybe I'm crazy. It's very possible. But I think Wilson is his guy. I don't have Barkley here to ask, but I think I'm right. I don't know, man. I I, I think it's a tough one. You know my theory is uh, the brilliant. Thing, you know that's a brilliant yeah, theory. I know, right? I, it is. <laughs> it, it's, it's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. Neil. In fact, I, I, should, I should just stop talking. No. Uh, the one thing working in Meredith's favor is that he did out-snap uh Marquise Wilson last week. So that that is probably the the biggest thing that uh that I find in his favor. So ultimately I'm I'm hoping that 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 presence on the field and uh with him ultimately I think being the more talented of the two. I I wonder if you'd argue with that, but uh but yeah, I I think Meredith is ultimately the most talented of the two and then hopefully uh this becomes his week. Yeah, I don't think I'll argue with it, but I don't know enough about him I guess to disagree. Um, you're the Bears fan, so I'll I'll lean to you on that one. Um, and of course, now after the fact, during this podcast, organically we added the Tyree Kill versus Hopkins matchup, so we can't yeah, forget man. that. So there's 
There's exactly. six this week. Don't try to forget that when Hill's going off and you're like, oh, we didn't officially put that in the books. I'm making sure <laughs> I mention it right now again so no one forgets. Um, yeah, I mean, now, in just to make my math even more difficult when I'm trying to have uh, wins this season. Gotta make you work, man. Gotta make you work. So, of course, that's it for the No Halftime Challenges. Again, if you haven't already done it, you're crazy. I don't know why. If you've been listening to this whole time, you know about No Halftime. But if you haven't, Go to nohalftime.com or just, you know, your app store, like your iPhone app store, your Android app store, download it, use the promo code CLOCK100, and they'll match up to $100 of your first deposit. It's, I'm trying to help you guys out here. I'm trying to get you some money. So um, do that. Before we jump over to File or No File, I did get one question um, from a fellow Clock Dodger out there, which is at Dem Bones. He, you know, he sends in good questions and stuff. And so, you know, he, he threw a topic out there, not necessarily like in the form of a question, sort of, but I just wanted to kind of ask you. So he, he brought up like pet peeves with fantasy football. And his example was when you got a guy who talks a lot of shit or, you know, is constantly, you know, texting you, calling you, um, whatever about fantasy football. You work with him, you know, he never stops talking about it, you know, how he's either going to win or, you know, trades and all this kind of stuff. But then. Once their team's out of the playoff race or, or not going to be in it, they suddenly don't care about the league anymore. Oh, I don't care about the league. Or, I don't watch football right now. I'm busy. You know, there's all these things. So his pet peeve is that kind of person, that person who is totally in your face about it. And then all of a sudden they're not in the playoff race anymore and they don't care about the league anymore. So do you have any pet peeves, man, for fantasy football? You know, anything, you know, the way people act, something they do. Anything at all, a league set up, I mean, literally anything. Do you have any fancy football pet peeves? And those people are just mad that there's no board that they can flip over. <laughs> like, really. Where's Jetty when you need him, man? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> fantasy football pet peeves, I, I think my biggest one is when people just send you ridiculous trade offers and then try and argue with you and talk you into believing that their ridiculous trade offer is fair somehow and that they're doing you a favor because they offered a trade. Like, that sort of stupid mind game always just, like, makes me laugh. And ultimately, like, that's my biggest headache is, is when I have these long trade talk back and forth that go nowhere. Like, that's to me, is, is the biggest waste of my time. So I think my biggest fantasy football pet peeve would probably be, from a trading perspective, people just wasting time and just going back and forth on trades that just never were going to happen in the first place because you were just too far apart. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about those before, and we for sure all know someone who does it. I don't know if I'm guilty of it or not, man, because I do a lot of freaking trade talks, and I'm like, definitely need some kind of anonymous program for me to get me out of it. But um, I don't know if I've ever been that guy. I hope not, but that definitely uh, can be very annoying, and we all know those people. Um, so what I want to do is just um, tell all the Cloud Dodgers to send us in their fancy full-out pet peeves, things that you know bother them, annoy them, just get under their skin uh, about people in fantasy football whether like i said it doesn't have to be necessarily a person you're playing against it could just be something that you know a way a league is set up um things that people do just anything um that, that, that's that's what i want to do i want them to send those in send them on through twitter through email at gmail.com however you want to send it but send those in and then if we get some good ones you know we'll mention them on the uh on the podcast next week if we get some good ones and and shout those people out but i thought that was a uh an interesting uh topic from adam bone so shout out to you man for sending that in I want to get to foul or no foul. My favorite segment of the show always is foul or no foul. Are you ready for foul or no foul? 
Always. Always ready for Foul or No Foul. So let's do this. It's that time again. <laughs> let's play another round of Foul or No Foul. So the first Foul or No Foul I got is from at Jacob Niner. He's from the Fantasy Life app. Good dude. He's, he, he, he sends in a Foul or No Foul, which I thought was pretty interesting. And, and I guess, you know, depending on, you know, he mentioned your, your definition of success could obviously change your answer on this and how you feel about it. But his Foul or No Foul statement is the more difficult extra point system that the NFL has moved to has been a success. Foul or no foul? No foul. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a dumb... I thought it was so dumb. I thought it was such a dumb idea. But it's made some games more exciting. So, you know, ultimately, if they've changed it, I think we should just stick with this. I'd rather have consistency than anything else. So this is, you know, the new... NFL, and I, I hope that we keep it this way for, for as long as the game goes on, because really, I think, ultimately, for me, it's just consistency. Like, I, it wasn't really anything that made the game better, but now that it's changed, I'd hate for them to just switch it back, so let's just keep it how it is, and, and hopefully uh, they don't have to make any more completely pointless changes in the future. Adam, not a fan of extra point changes or completely pointless changes. We got it, man. Um, I, like you said, I think the only the, the one good thing that comes from it is that it does create a little bit more drama when these guys are missing kicks and stuff. And what else do we want more than drama in our lives, man? So obviously that's a good thing too. Good question though. The uh, the next one I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about. I don't know if if you I know you're a big MMA fan. So have you heard about the whole um, association they've kind of built together here? These five fighters. No. Okay. I go ahead. So so Cowboy Cerrone, GSP, Dillashaw. Um, Kane Velasquez and Tim Kennedy, and also um, the Bellator um, MMA founder and uh, ex-president um, Rebney, they they basically mm. have formed what they call the MMA Athletes Association. So it's, finally did it. Yeah, so it's not they're saying it's not a union. They don't want to say that, so they're not labeling it as a union. But they're basically saying like you know the fighters are getting paid. I want to say they said like eight percent of what the UFC's revenue is. Um, which obviously anyone who knows anything about any of the other leagues is kind of that's obviously a ridiculous number that's athletes players don't get paid that little bit amount um, compared to the overall revenue Um, so things like that retirement plans healthcare, all kinds of stuff they're obviously interested in Um, just making sure the players are getting treated right and everything so i wanted to ask you mma athlete association is a good thing for the sport foul or no foul for the sport remember not the players but the sport foul or no foul no foul. Um, I mean, you know, you and I have both talked about being fans of Fighter and the Kid, and, and Brendan Schaub has kind of talked about it on that podcast before, just the benefits. And ultimately, I think it's the direction we're headed. And I think that for the sport, it's got to be a good thing. Um, you have to take care of these athletes. Ultimately, if you want this sport to continue to flourish in this country you have to take care of these athletes because they are putting themselves at physical risk constantly and if they're going to be doing that for entertainment they have to be taken care of or else people aren't going to continue to to try out for that sport i mean we're you know we're seeing it even with the nfl to some degree because there's you know less people playing high school football than ever before and a big part of that is ultimately you know if players have these short terms that they're able to play for whether that's in the nfl or in a mixed martial arts career you have to make a certain amount of money in that time to really make it worth your while or you have to have your health benefits taken care of for a longer time than you're in the league to make it be worth your while and and ultimately i think that these guys you know they 
they're going to unionize at some point. Um, if they don't want to call it that, then, you know, so be it. But, but I think that the UFC is just going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Some interesting discussions obviously come from that. Number one, I think they did, I don't know the exact quote, but I think they did say we're only targeting the UFC in this right now um, because they're the big dog. They're the big fish. Obviously, that's who they're kind of going after. It's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, GSP is one that's not fighting anymore, but it's going to be interesting to see how the UFC treats these guys. You know, going forward, because a lot of these guys are, or for the most part, every one of them are like UFC favorites to people um, and to the organization. They, they they talk about these guys a lot. They give them attention, media attention, and give them fight big fights. So it's going to be interesting to see if the UFC like battles this um, or completely tries to embrace it or what. Obviously, I assume a lot of fighters are going to get on board, you know, with it. So it's going to be interesting to see this, how this plays out. Uh, but like you said, I think it's definitely great for the sport, great for the athletes, and, and it has to be done. Um, obviously I feel like it had to be guys like these guys also, it had to be big name guys, had to be guys who were veterans, I guess you would say, um, in the sport. I feel like it, this was kind of the perfect way to do it. I love how they kept it under wraps like the whole time. I mean, I don't know how long this thing took. Um, I want to say, I heard a quote, like they had like a conference call and I think Rebney or one of them might've said it was like been like years in the making or something, but, um, hard to believe anyone kept a secret that long, but I guess, you know, these days I just don't believe secrets last that long, but, um, it's been interesting that they kept it under wraps for the most part. And uh, we'll see how it plays out, man. But I definitely agree with you. I think it's definitely good for the sport. The next question I have here, or next statement, I should say, and this is a fancy football one. We didn't talk about these guys really at all. So it just happened to be perfectly placed here. So this statement is you can start both Ingram and Hightower in your fantasy playoffs rest of the season. Foul or no foul? Ooh, rest of the season. Um... Man, I, I, I think I'm going to say foul only because I think that they're going to be matchup plays. Uh, at least Hightower will be. Um, you know, it, it's tough because Hightower kind of has been getting, the, I mean, he, he was getting the full carry workload for a few weeks there and then it dropped back and it's kind of leveled back out again. So I think that, uh, that he's, you know, a decent flex because of his work in the passing game. But ultimately, I think that it's going to be a matchup situation. Uh, it looks like they have Arizona in Week 15. That's a really tough matchup, so that might not be ideal. But, you know, in those games against Tampa Bay, being the pass-catching back for the most part, I mean, you know, Ingram's still using the passing game as well, but but Hightower seems to have a little bit more use there. Ultimately, I, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, uh, Hightower is going to be a matchup play and Ingram is kind of going to be that guy you can rely on. Yeah. I, for one, didn't play either one last week on a Thursday night game. and Or actually, did I play Hightower? I played one or none of them and got burned because they both balled out. Um, again, like I had this week, they're both playing Detroit. Obviously, they're both playing them because they're on the same fucking team. Um, but <laughs> I, I have them both and I'm going to play them both, I think. Because I don't like my other options. Like I, I'm going to play one. At, I'm gonna, I have two flex spots. I'm going to play on both at flex because my other options are literally Michael Bennett, Kobe Fleener, or James Starks. Would you switch any of them out for either one of those guys against Detroit? Man, that's tough. Um, like I mean, it's not a great situation, yeah. but I think it's my best option at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it really is your best option. I'm maybe not mad James, at James Starks. I know a lot of people aren't a fan James of him, Starks. but he's playing Houston yeah. though, so it's like. Ugh. What about uh, you? You think Houston's a really easy matchup actually against running backs? You think so? They have, they've been really yeah. They, they've been really poor against running backs this year. They they actually have yeah. Against a James uh, Starks I mean, like running back though, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean for me, like, know, for me in it this league, it doesn't make me super excited about James Starks, but it is a nice matchup. 
how about this though? Okay, so in this league, zero point two five per carry. James Starks. I mean, he's yeah. gotten me double digits, almost fifteen points every week or more the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean, really, the biggest thing with Starks is he's such a receiving threat. Yeah, I mean, and it's PPR too. The last two weeks. Yeah, man, I uh, I'd, I'd be I'd be leaning towards Starks in that. Over which one though? Over Hightower? Uh, yeah, I think. Man, yeah. I That's my problem. Is I I I know I'm gonna play one, and it's gonna be the other one that goes off. Yeah, I I think I'd do it over Hightower. I think you have to. I mean, Ingram just. He's supposed to be the lead back there, if that makes sense. You know, it's one of those situations where, like, he's supposed to get the bulk of the carries. It's just New England, or I'm sorry, New Orleans has just been really tough to read with that over the last few weeks. And, uh, I mean, I just, I guess I have to hope after, you know, the huge week he had last week that he, he carries that over. Gotcha. And, of course, I, I, I had to say that I gave that expert analysis that they're both playing Detroit this week. So, guys, don't forget that. Take that to the bank. Um, you can guarantee that'll win you some games. Um, the next, I have two more that I want to get to. This one is really random on my part. I was just thinking about it because I was watching some videos on YouTube and I was looking at 3d printers, building houses and stuff. And I was just like, my mind was blown. I couldn't believe I was seeing houses being built. If you don't believe me, I don't know how I didn't have the audio on for some of them. So I don't, I was just kind of watching them at like, man, or I was doing something. I was supposed to be doing something. And, uh, I was watching these videos and like I seen like 3D printers literally building houses in China and stuff and I was like I don't know I don't know how stable they are and stuff or how you know legit these things are but it was still if you watch 3D printer videos and stuff it was blowing my mind and so I was like I wanted to throw this statement at you you tell me if you believe this is foul or no foul in this one within 20 years which the way things are moving that's a, a long ass time um, as far as technology and and everything else goes so within 20 years 25 percent or more of the jobs currently held by humans will be worked on by robots or machines. Foul or no foul? No foul. Uh, dude, I, I have to see that video because that sounds amazing. I'm telling you, dude, um, they were built in like 24 hours and stuff. It was like that's crazy weird. 3D printer literally built the whole house. Like, I think the only thing you need is like a guy standing by to like reload the cement and stuff. It was like, dude, look them up on YouTube if you guys haven't seen this before. It's just, it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I definitely will have to check it out because uh, my, my father's actually a contractor by trade and all I keep thinking when you say stuff like that is like, does it have insulation? Like, how do they, like, there's so many different elements when you build a house that like, I don't really understand how it could be 3D printed, especially since most 3D printing, to my knowledge, was done with liquid plastic. Uh, so, I, I, I don't know. What was it being made out of? Do you have any idea? It was... They were they were being made out of some stuff, man. That's that's what. I don't, <laughs> let me see really quick. I'm gonna try to see while 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 we're doing this to see um, what they were make, being made out of. Um, but it was like they were like legit houses, man. Like at least you know I'm not a like you said a contractor or some kind of builder, house builder or something. I'm not gonna like sit here and pretend to be that. But these things looked real to me. Um, let me see here. Uh, it's in it's in China. So again, I don't know too much about their. Uh, their infrastructure over there, how stable those things are, but um, you know what their standards are for that kind of stuff. But um, trying to find one of these articles really quick, just to um, like this one here, just says like a three D print in a four hundred square meter two story house in a mere month and a half, huh. and it says um, surprises with it, uh, including a six story apartment building and a mansion, um, different kind of stuff here. I'm trying to see if it tells you what the what the the um the product is it says here 
The two-story villa was printed entirely on-site in a unique process that looks quite different from other 3D printed construction techniques we've seen. The team first erects the frame of the house, complete with rebar support and plumbing pipes, and then prints over it with their gigantic 3D printer, which only recently completed testing. Um, the printer, as seen in the video below, has sort of a forked extruder that simultaneously lays concrete on both sides of the, of the structural material, swallowing it up and encasing it securely within the walls. And it says the printed material itself is ordinary class C30 concrete. Wow, that's that's something. That's it's really it's nuts, man. I'm telling you. I mean, obviously, like I said, I'm not an expert in this stuff, but I, I seen it and I was like, what's like again, my simple knowledge that I have of it. It was I was like I was pretty impressed, man. So I will have to show that to my dad at Christmas. And, and <laughs> it, it's crazy. And so I was like, damn, if they're building houses with 3D printers, like what job is safe? So that's why I thought of this question. I was like, damn, I mean, 25% might even be too low of a number for 20 years from now. But um, it's interesting. I, mean, I don't know if everybody needs to start going to school for, you know, robots, like technicians and stuff, how to, how to fix robots and stuff, because it might be the only safe job coming up. It's so interesting. It looks scary. And now I got you all distracted. Listen, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. Everyone watching now is probably like, all right, let me turn off this podcast for a second and uh, go hit YouTube really quick. I'll come back to this <laughs> because I'm telling you it's worth it that the videos are interesting. I mean, we've all seen things by 3d printers. I think at this point, you know, printing little plastic stuff and, and, and things like that. But this was like, what? Like this big ass 3d printer building a house. It was crazy. You'll see you guys look it up um, because everybody now is distracted looking up 3d printers and building houses. I'll throw the last file or no file out there to you, which will bring your attention back because my last file or no file to you is Sammy Watkins will be a playoff savior file or no file. Oh, I can't wait to do this, but I will say it's actually the second foul to no foul because I got one to throw back at you. Oh, yeah, right. no, I come, I come prepared. Uh, but I mean, no foul. Sammy Watkins is he's here. I, uh, I think it would just be so off brand of me to not encourage people to start him at this point. I have been uh, holding on to Sammy Watkins in a ton of leagues. I am starting him. I wouldn't recommend people do something that I wouldn't do myself. So I am starting Sammy Watkins in, in the leagues that I have him in, and uh, I encourage rolling him out there. Furthermore, man, if uh, if he is healthy, man, it's going to be really exciting when uh, in Week 15 they get to face off against Cleveland and he gets that sweet matchup in your fantasy playoffs. So... If you make it there, if you have Sammy, he's a great, great asset to have. Uh, I remember reading on Twitter the other day when when Sammy uh, was coming back, somebody tweeting out that they had uh, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and now Sammy Watkins in their flex uh, in a league, and I just I feel like that's that's <laughs> why you did this. That's why you held on to Sammy is so you can have those ridiculous stacks heading into the fantasy playoffs and. We'll see. I, I hope he's that fantasy savior for people because I, I know I've been I've been on him since the very beginning. So so hopefully he pays off and does something to make that draft capital worth it. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't hate Sammy Watkins or deny that he has talent. I just figured that the injury would be too much for him, you know, to make an impact this year. I did try as much as I could to get as much Sammy Watkins hate as I could out of people while you were on hiatus, but um it didn't, you know, it didn't go over too well. Some people actually like him like you do. Um, and I like him too, man. But like I said, I'm just, I'm concerned about the foot. 
I'm just worried, like, you play him, and then, you know, in the game, he does something, and it's like, you know, he's out for the game now, and you're like, damn, in the playoffs. So um, that's kind of my concern. But, again, the love is, is also warranted. So you said you had a foul, no foul, throw back at me, man. I hope I can can step up to the table here, man. Oh, yeah. So, so to close things out, we've talked about it before, but uh, this week is, is the uh, finale of Season 1 of Westworld. So I am more excited for the finale of season one of Westworld than I am for this week's NFL matchups, foul or no foul. Mm, I'm going to say, damn, see, that's so tough, dude. Really? You really got to pin me like this? Man, I'm going to say, man, damn, that's tough. I'm thinking because if it wasn't the playoffs in some leagues, I would be like, no foul for sure. But I do have some playoff implications going. Wow. Adam, you really pinned me on this one, man. What if I, know, I, that's how what, what if I just watch the show on like Monday and then I could say foul and watch my football you know, games? Ironically, <laughs> I actually think I won't be watching uh, the finale until Monday. So no spoilers. So I'm, so I'm yeah. copping out. I'm going to say foul, <laughs> watch my playoff games, and then I'm going to watch the damn Westworld after it. Oh, okay. So, so you're gonna watch it on Monday when you may have games that are coming down to Monday Night Football. Oh, damn! And then I, I gotta know, risk right? spoilers on Twitter and oh, someone posting some damn stuff that I don't want to see, or somebody talking oh. about it, and I overhear like, "Oh my exactly. god!" It's it's a hard knock life. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm really stressing about not getting spoiled before I watch. But uh, but yeah, see, the the struggle is real. You don't know if it's a foul or no foul. Damn, sure. I want to pick one or the other, but man. You just really put me in a jam. I, I, I'm going to cop out. I'm going to just say foul because I'm going to watch it after. But really, it is a tough one. And if anyone's been watching along with us here, man, the show has been nothing short of, uh, at least for me, I know there's some haters out there because it seems to be someone wants to hate on everything. But um, it's been amazing, man. And and it's been a, it's a real mind, just a mind-puzzling show. Um, it's just, it's good, man. It's good stuff. There's always a twist. Um, I try to read like articles and stuff after the episode airs, and you know, like I said, sometimes people say some, you know, not so nice things about it. Some people act like, "Oh, these things have been so predictable," and I'm like, I don't know if I'm just not that smart or like I'm just not thinking ahead or something. But like, they're not predictable for me. I don't know what the issue is with me. I just don't. I, I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't go into these shows sometimes and try to think so far ahead. I just try to like enjoy the moment, I guess. Um, so. Yeah, for me, I'm not like fishing for spoilers, looking for spoilers, trying to think of spoilers. I just enjoy what it puts in front of me. So, you know, Westworld has been really awesome. And I'm glad that I uh, decided to put some time into it. If you haven't watched it, like we highly recommend you go back and watch it. Um, Is the episode going to be any longer for the finale or is it still just a regular hour? Yeah, it's uh, going to be 90 minutes. Nice. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I can't imagine how they're going to end it. HBO. I know. I think that's basically the most exciting thing i i too had read a little bit of uh you know articles online and stuff where people were like oh now we've confirmed some things we already knew in that last episode and you know i i too like i had my own theories some of them were confirmed some weren't like that's just kind of how it goes uh but i think it's really interesting that so much happened in that episode nine and uh it just makes it so this finale is going to be it's going to be something crazy uh especially since it's 90 minutes long i, I really am so intrigued to see where they go with this uh it, it's been a hell of a ride and yeah if uh, if anybody hasn't watched it it's definitely one of those shows that 
you'll want to binge watch over the uh, the next year here before the next season comes out. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I just wanted to kind of bring up a point really quick about TV shows and stuff. I was talking to uh, I was talking to someone recently about because I also watch like The Walking Dead. I just watch whatever shows are on TV that people will like a lot. I tend to you know try to try them out or whatever. And Walking Dead, I've been watching since like day one. So it's just kind of one of those things I just continue to do because I like trying to ride it out just to be there the whole way, I guess. And um, you know, some episodes are like disappointing. You're like, ah, whatever. And like this season, for anyone who's been watching that, it's been like especially like the opening episode and stuff for this season was like super like gory and graphic and just like craziness and like it almost seemed unnecessary how graphic it was and um like for some reason like i'm watching the show and like those episodes that are like super gory and graphic and like crazy madness and nuts and everything is you know people are just killing people left and right like i don't get all crazy about them but then the episodes that like kind of just highlight one character and kind of show a human side of things and like i get into those more and, like, I don't know if I'm, like, is everybody watching shows for different things? You know what I mean? Like, I don't – sometimes I don't get up for the gore. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, some people, that's what they – that's all they watch it for. So when they don't get an episode like that, they're, like, ah, oh, this one was disappointing. But then at the same time, I'm, like, well, that episode was great. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that everybody kind of goes in looking for different things from, from their favorite TV shows. I mean, really just to draw on, like, The Walking Dead, for instance, that, that first episode for me was – really like exciting and kind of like glued me to the screen because it was so intense uh it was very very graphic and and a really visceral experience because of that but in a way that to me was really interesting and since then i feel like the season's kind of gotten a little bit boring and yeah honestly i don't know if you feel this way but when i watch things like westworld that are like this good i heard people say this about game of thrones even though i don't feel the same way but i'm sure you'd agree with it it makes other television not seem as good. Yeah, because it it's does. such a high quality of television and such a high quality of storytelling that it makes it difficult to watch other things and and to have it live up to really anywhere near what those shows are able to accomplish. Absolutely, and then it also like when people say like, "Oh, Walking Dead is better than you know Westworld and Game of Thrones," I'm like, "How can you fucking? How can you possibly say that? <laughs> like, how can you possibly say that with a straight face? Like, there's there's no way you can literally believe that. Like, I just don't understand. Like, I can't comprehend that someone believes that. One other thing that trips me out, like you were talking about how gory that first episode was, isn't it crazy how that's on cable TV? My kid can watch that. My five year old can watch that. It's on cable TV. But yet he can't see like a naked woman. Like I'm, I'm, I'm much more concerned with my child watching that episode and possibly scarring his entire childhood over seeing a naked woman. I don't understand how that works. We you can't hear certain curse really words, but you can watch a head be bashed in to nothing. Like I gotta think that picture and that imagery is much worse than a couple curse words or, or some naked body yeah man that's pretty uh, crazy how that works oh i know i i've been thinking about that sort of thing for most of my life i think a lot of people have i think a lot of us question it but uh that's nuts it is yeah it is the way it is it's weird man it's weird we all pretend like we don't like that stuff we all pretend like we can't see naked people whatever whatever man whatever it is what it is but that's it for the file or no file that's actually it for this episode other than a couple of things I just want to mention as we close out here, um, if for, any, for anyone who's been paying attention, you know, me um, and two other podcasts, um, which was a Break from the Grind podcast and Fantasy Life OGs, um, did a Toys for Tots GoFundMe page. We actually set up a, like an original 
like goal of like $500 and we reached that like super fast thanks to like people on Twitter and Fantasy Life app and family and friends who all donated and we kept kind of bumping up the donation amount and we got up to like 750 the other day uh, which was like we got $750 donated in less than like 25 days. So I think that's amazing. I think that's awesome. I just want to kind of thank everybody. Um, I don't have everybody's name in front of me. Maybe I'll do that on another episode or something. But just, you know, thank you to everybody who donated, who took part. It doesn't matter if it was $5, $10, $20, $50, $100. It doesn't matter. Like any of it, any of it helped and it matters to somebody, to a child. Um, what What's going to happen is two of the guys from those podcasts actually live in Orlando. So I'm going to go up to Orlando from West Palm Beach on a certain day. We'll buy the gifts and all that kind of stuff. And of course, like I mentioned before, more than likely periscoping and stuff like that. And um, it's going to be fun, man. And it's awesome that people, you know, took part in that. And any other charity that you take part in, thank you. Like I said, it's always a, a goal here, man, uh, to make somebody's day. So major shout out to that. Uh, don't forget, com. Find the NFL. Split 10 on there. Streaming articles from Josh. All kinds of good content. Subscribe and review to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Wherever you find podcasts, we're probably there. If we're not, tell us and we'll get ourselves there. But it's so important to subscribe and review. Grab your friend's phone, subscribe them, your mom's phone, your uncle's phone. It doesn't matter if they'll never listen. Just subscribe. It's so important um, to support and help other people find the show. I do have the uh, Clock Dodger wristbands and stickers finally for sale on the website. So you can go to clockdodgers.com and buy those now. They are on there, obviously, while supplies last, however many I have here. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter at clock Dodgers, follow Adam on there at the other FF guy. He's a good follow. Um, shout out to everyone who's been listening, uh, you know, the support from all the other, um, like I said, the Twitter community, the fantasy community, um, fancy life app, sleeper bot, all those cool places. And I want to start a new thing where I'm going to kind of like shout out three people every time we do an episode here, Adam. So, Sweet. so my three shout outs for this week are going to be, um, swagzilla, Two drink minimum, which on the Fancy Life app we did like this uh, Clock Dodgers takeover, where for one day we were kind of like the you know help take over the app and do all these cool things and conversations and questions and these fun little th- thread type things. And um, those two guys were like super super helpful, um, you know, helping Clock Dodgers make that happen. And then the other one I want to shout out is Old World Thirteen on Sleeperbot. Super good dude, always hits me up, um, comments on the show, fancy questions, all kinds of stuff. So shout out to him. And we're gonna I'm gonna do that every week. So you know, and for the guys that, you know, for people who are like doing extra stuff to support or, or reaching out or interacting, whatever. So those are my three shout outs of the week. Adam, do you have anything? No, man. I, I didn't make a list of shout outs, unfortunately. Well, maybe you will next week now. Maybe, I didn't, I didn't give you a heads up. So I, right? I kind of, that wasn't fair, man. So you can shout out someone like your mom, <laughs> fiance, shout somebody. out to Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus coming soon. Shout out to the elf on the shelf. He's in my house again. Oh so, my god! <laughs> so my so my kids are being watched by the elf to know so to Listen, report no. report back to Santa every day. So shout out to the elf on the shelf, man. Shout man. out shout out to Bobby. That's what my son named him, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby the elf. Go figure. Um, that's it for us this week. We appreciate everybody listening. This was a long ass episode. So if you've made it this far, you're pretty much the shit. And that's it. And Adam, I appreciate you coming back. For joining us again, man. We missed you. We're happy you're back. 
man it feels good to be back you know this is gonna be an exciting week man let's do it let's do it man later visit clockdodgers.com for more unique content connect with us now by following at clock dodgers on twitter instagram and periscope
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.